Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. By a show of hands, who loves Tuesday? Uh, we do. DJ, DJ does. does. Welcome to the Wise Guys as we kick off the best night of the week. And, uh, I, you know, it's a broken record. There's always so much going on. And, uh, and here we are on another Tuesday near the end of June, and we've got so much going on tonight. Something cool we haven't done before is going to go on tonight. Yeah, we're not even going to tell you what it is until it is. Yeah. Right? And then you'll know it is so, when it is. And, and how about, like, we got folks already chiming in. Mark Actual, who's always with us every week. Best night of the week. I love that, Mark Actual. Ruthie, 5358. We do, too. Thanks for being here. Curling guy is already in with us. Nice. On and on and on and on. Our YouTube and, numbers are jumping. Right. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Um, we will put the link in the chat today. Hit subscribe because it's free. Um, and then once you hit subscribe... You click on the bell, you'll get notifications whenever we post something new or go live. So if we got, you know, if all of a sudden we got highlights up that you can tap into, it'll it'll give you a little reminder that there's yeah. highlights up or that the podcast is up. And you know how we feel about free. Right. If it's free, it's for me and I'll take three. That's our motto. <laughs> you know and we that? stole that from Elder Sikahema, yeah, by did. the way. What else is free is at ysguys.com. You can go there, subscribe, get our weekly email, which will send you highlights from tonight's show. That's absolutely free. And if you want to watch past interviews, listen to some of these names. Danny Ainge, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Ty Detmer, Kyle Van Noy, Justin Enna, Jay Hill, Gennaro Guilford, Sione Puha, Kelly Papenga, Fessy Sataki, the whole staff and others right here. They're waiting for you at ysguys.com. Well, and in that queue will be Harvey Unga, who's going to come on with us. So we've almost got the entire coaching staff yeah. from the football We're squad. We're slowly getting that's everybody been, in. That's been on. And, and uh, Brenda just said to me, um, when you get in Kalani on, and I said we'll get him. We we'll try to get him preseason um, yeah. before before they get started here in the next five or six yeah. weeks. We're just we're just uh, yeah, we're, we're just I'll, moving through the summer. I'll talk to him and see if we can get him uh, to come on. But we, we thought, especially with this new staff on defense, it would be really good to get through that group first, which has been really fun. And now we're now we've moved over. We had Fessy yeah. uh, Satake a couple weeks ago. Um, the passing game coordinator and receivers coach, um, and uh, and now we're gonna have the running backs coach with us tonight. Jonathan, welcome back from Henderson, Nevada, and Gerald is checking in from Fresno. Yeah, let us know where you're coming from because we always love to see, and and we've got some cool places now. We got folks down in Panama, Philippines that, that have been coming on the Philippines. We had somebody from South Korea a few weeks ago. We know we got. Um, our, our good friends over in Japan, yeah, Corey Oshimura in the is United over there. Kingdom. We like to just uh, we're just it's like a big giant tree of yep, of yep. BYU alumnus stuff, and and uh, so we certainly want to know where you're streaming with us um, tonight. We're seeing stars. We got two big recruiting victories for BYU in football and women's basketball. One of them's going to join us live a bit later in the show, but uh, you know, whenever you're seeing stars. That's a good thing. Yeah. And you mean rating stars, right? Yeah. That's what you're referring yeah, the to. The big right? stars. The stars you want to see uh, from the kids that are coming in. And uh, so we got a big night ahead. And, and we're, you know, we haven't ever, we haven't really had uh, a, a newcomer on. 
yeah. live. It's going to be pretty- uh, just moments after all that. And as we speak, Harvey Unga is coming in the door. And, man, we're going to have a fun conversation with him about running backs. But let's talk about a tight end, Reiner Swanson, six foot four, 220, a four-star, commits to BYU in the class of 2024. He chose the Cougars over Texas and Oregon. That was his final three. Had offers from the likes of Stanford, Florida, Texas A&M, Washington. And Utah, among others, Laguna Beach, California, is going to graduate early so he can get up here and enroll at BYU in January. He wants to go through spring practice and then go on his church mission. Right. But this is, uh, you got to get the best LDS talent at the LDS school uh, to compete in the Big 12, yeah, and, and that's that, a big one. And that's happening, and, and it's a two-prong attack. And I've talked to Kalani a little bit about this and, and all the recruiting guys. You, you want to get the best LDS athletes from around the country out of high school, but you also, when you get those those athletes that have gone someplace else in the past and they're not feeling like they're fitting in, but they're phenomenal athletes, to get them to come back to where they yeah. feel like they'll fit in. And and so BYU, in, in this transfer season, my goodness, has had an amazing transfer. They're up in these uh, national transfer portal rankings to number 18. That's the 24-7 sports ranking. Um, they signed 20 players out of the portal, including the likes of quarterback Keaton Slovis, running back Aiden Robbins, and offensive lineman Caleb Eddying uh, out of Oklahoma State. These are all... You know, big big time players, and that's just to name a few. That's just tip yeah. of the iceberg. But but how about BYU? Um, kind of as NIL starts to flourish and be all over the place, and the transfer portal um, uh, be, becomes uh, you know part of the way to go. BYU's right there in the top twenty with uh, with a number eighteen ranking for how they fared in the transfer portal this it, offseason. It's interesting because the the kids that come in the portal are kids that are coming to play, and so there's twenty of them. Uh, you can only play uh, 22 starters. 22 starters. You know, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Right. Well, and, and then all you the go starters s- on special teams. And you right. go second team as well. And uh, this influx of 20, uh, let's say all 20 are in the two deep. Um, that's a major shuffling, uh, which has been necessary heading into year one of the Big 12. I'm curious to see if it is a trend moving forward. Well, I, I think that it's going to be part of Recruiting moving forward, definitely. and uh, But BYU is always going to live on on those high school athletes that they can bring in and develop from the ground up and build in, into their roles um, o- over time. And then they're going to augment that and supplement that with the transfer portal. I think this was an unusual year as they're transitioning into the, into the Big 12. Um, the, some players moved out. As they're moving to the Big Twelve, that that when the coaching staff had conversations with them about what their role is going to be, didn't you know didn't like um, the fact that maybe they weren't going to be a starter or right. they were going to be a rotator. Some of those moved out, um, and BYU brought people in that can contribute right away. And you know we 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 just mentioned a few, but uh, um, all kinds on both sides of the ball, and they really beefed up this defense in the offseason with some guys they brought in that are absolute starters that, that are going to come in along with the ones we just mentioned on the offensive side. Should we bring in our headliner? Let's do it. He's here and ready to go. His daughter's got a birthday party, so we're going to get him out. Come on in, Harvey. Before Jamal Williams came around, our guest tonight was BYU's all-time leading rusher. He is a current running backs coach that currently has Williams, Tyson Williams, and Chris Brooks wrapping up NFL minicamps with their respective teams. Our pleasure to welcome back to the Wise Guys and first time in studio, the great Harvey Unga. 
Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, and and the last time we had you, we had you via Zoom, because um, logistically it just didn't work out. But when when people came in, you're not allowed to tell anybody where this is, because we always <laughs> call an undisclosed location. Because we don't have very good security, and we don't want yeah. you know we can't have the masses just coming up, and so you're, you're, you're on the inside now. You're, you're, you're on one the of the select now. few that knows where the secret studio. <laughs> People know it's someplace in Provo, but that's all they know. So Harvey, the Saints just wrapped up their mini camp, and they had Jamal and Taysom together really for the first time in like six years. <laughs> Both of them had really good things to say about each other. You were a grad assistant during their final year back in 2016. How eager are you to see those two play together again this fall? I can't wait. I can't wait. Those two, I mean, one, the energy, obviously, you know, those guys bring to the team. But um, the memories that I had, you know, going into coaching and everything, like yeah. those two are special. Really special, and then to see them like back on the same team again that's how cool is that? And they're gonna kind of run the same plays, aren't they? Yeah. At the oh, goal yeah. line, it's yeah. gonna be the option read. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you got two guys that did it at I mean, the college level and did amazing with it. So now going into the NFL, it's I'm sure the chemistry's they, and, they're not gonna lose a beat. And both of those guys, it, it, it's fun to have them together to push each other because they have reputations. As workhorses, like it, like yeah. those guys work. Both of them. Am, am I am I right about that? No doubt. Two two of the hardest workers for sure. And and I mean, great leaders. Like that. That's the one thing I I don't think people understand like how important that is for a team, even in the NFL. I think that's huge. When you have great leaders, it makes a world of a difference. When you're teaching your running backs, and they all want to go to the show. Not everyone gets to go to the show. Some have phenomenal college careers, and for one reason or another, whether it's an ankle, a knee, or timing, uh, it just doesn't work out. Um, but you look at, at Jamal and Taysom, did you have a feeling they were heading to greatness, or was it just like, you know what, you guys have all the skills, but you're going to need a little luck? I'm biased, obviously. <laughs> I, 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 vote, I mean, any BYU guy, I'm going to root for, right. but... I do believe like there's there is that element of luck, yeah. um, whether it's you know injuries from other guys or um, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, I, I do think there is that part of the game that some guys they you know they just get a lucky break and yeah. um, their their careers take off and stuff. And, and others phenomenal college careers, but once they get there. It's not it the same. Is, yeah, it's not the same. And and maybe another guy just happens to have a little bit more luck than they do. And it it doesn't always work out the same. But for those two, it doesn't surprise me. Just like what you guys said, the work ethic they have, the the type of people they are, the character. And it just, um, I don't know, I, I didn't have a doubt that those two would be phenomenal NFL players and, and have the careers that they're having. It's interesting. Uh, help people understand how freakish um, the talent is um, of Taysom. It, because even NFL guys that I run into that weren't BYU guys, like, oh my gosh, he's a freak. What, yeah. what what are they talking about when they say Taysom's a freak? Because when you're a freak in the NFL, you're really a freak, right? Oh, yeah. It, well, you're amongst the, what, I guess 3% of collegiate athletes that actually make it to that level 
But then for those guys, that little 3% of people that make it there, for them to say something like that about you, I mean, all those guys are there for a reason. Uh, most of them are, I guess, the freaks on... They're freaks their in their own, own right, team, right? Yeah, <laughs> on their own teams. So then to go and do it at that level and to have the respect of not just your own teammates, but your opponents, like... It's that says, yeah, they, 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 I was talking to a couple guys and they're like, nobody that's that big and that strong is supposed to be able to run that fast. It's just not fair <laughs> or jump that or high. jump that. Exactly. Move the way he does. It's <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of, of people speaking about you. Hey, Harvey, this is Spencer from Lubbock, Texas. My favorite running back of all time. Spencer, I appreciate you, man. That means a lot. <laughs> I appreciate it. What impressed you the most last year? Jamal Williams, 17 rushing touchdowns, uh, which broke Barry Sanders' record with the Lions, was the most in the NFL, or Tyler Algier's 1,000-yard rushing season as a rookie? Man, that's tough. That's tough. Um, And for me, I I think it's it's hard because Barry Sanders is... Barry Sanders. He's Barry Sanders. So to do something like that, it's, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, too, like... How many guys from BYU in particular had gone to the NFL in their rookie season and rushed for that many yards? Yeah. Little I and he did it. I felt like it was like a half a season that he had done that. Um, so I I don't know. That's tough. I we'll go with yeah. we'll go with Algier because you were his running backs coach. I'll take yeah, it. let's you go with that it. one. Uh, it, interesting that that the Falcons. <laughs> On the heels of Tyler going for a thousand yards, they go and draft a running back in the first round. They draft right yeah. over <laughs> the, the top of him. Did that surprise you first off? And um, is is there a role for two feature backs on an NFL team? I think so. Um, I definitely think that there's enough carries, especially in the NFL, for there to be two, sometimes even three guys. Um, and as far as it surprising me, shocked the heck out of me. I'll be honest. I I, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, like, how about get a lineman or somebody that yeah, can help your right. running back? Or or to me, I like statistically, I'm looking like they were ranked last in sacks, last in tackle for losses, in the last I think like three seasons. So to me, I'm like, get some okay, defense. Yeah, get yourself a, a run stopper or a pass yeah, rusher, right. something right, like right. that. Like you can, I mean. You found Tyler in what fifth round, mm-hmm. and they basically got they got first round production out of a fifth round draft pick. Count it, your blessings, exactly, and load up someplace else, right? That's that was my thought process. Well, I only thought maybe they're going to unload Patterson because he's expensive, and then just go with the two guys. I don't know. See, yeah, and I, I don't know either because you now you got two rookies though, yeah. trying to run the room, and and you are the Falcons, the the, so no one expects anything, yeah. right? You're <laughs> the Falcons, so yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting to say the least. We asked Fessy Sataki this same question when he was here on the Wise Guys last week. When the Big Twelve schedule was released, where did your eyes go first? Who were you most interested in seeing that you were going to play? Um, the two teams that are leaving. <laughs> Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas. And were you were you were you stunned that Oklahoma was going to come to your football stadium? I'm not going to lie. I was. I was. I mean, I'm excited for it. I was definitely surprised. Um, but I'm. Yeah, those two games. I, I definitely um, was looking to see if they were we were going to be able to play them this season or not. And um, yeah, I mean, all the all the games that we get to play in this conference, I can't wait. 
it's it's an awesome conference, and we've got so many good opponents that we get to play against. But I think because of those two leaving, I was. Yeah. You wanted to get him in before yeah, they left. Want, yeah. Which which is more exciting, um, from a coach's perspective, and then then also maybe tell us if it's different for a player, but to have Oklahoma come to your place in front of the sixty five thousand. Or to go play at Texas in front of a hundred thousand plus, which from a coaching perspective, which is more exciting, and then, and from a player's perspective, is it different or is it the same? Um, man, I don't. I think I feel like it's the same, um, and I honestly I couldn't choose. They're both they're, they're both great. Yeah, like they're they're both. I mean, to have Oklahoma come in here, like. That's a huge honor for us, and it's yeah. it's it's something that shoot I I dreamed about even playing. Like I was hoping we get to play these types of teams in right. the Edwards Stadium, and and so for them to come here, like how cool is that? But yeah. then you also, I mean, to go to Texas too, like how cool is that? Like we're you know what I mean, like hundred thousand people. Right, BYU's right. like plays really well there, yeah, and their fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every Texas fan that's. A, that's been that was living a few years ago knows exactly who Taysom Hill and BYU are, right? Because he just right. yeah, Dave, and, and Dave, we remind them all the time. Yeah, and Dave, Dave yeah. and I were there, um, right on the sideline, right by where Taysom hurdled the guy, and and that is emblazoned on the minds of Texas fans when when BYU comes back in, and for some reason, these Texas fans feel like oh, I, I feel like if BYU gets going in that game, they're like, oh here we go again. BYU has our number, so that could that could even be though a not a, there's not a kid on the roster from back then, right? Exactly, right. but the right. fans are all the same, right? right. And they're just like, yeah. hey, remember that one time? And it's like, and and uh, it would be fun if uh, if for just the first quarter, the kid went out wearing number four or number uh, seven, oh. just to <laughs> bring the ghosts back. But um, Harvey Young is with us, BYU's running back coach on the Wise Guys Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com all around the world. How do you feel about the running backs room as we sit now just five weeks before they show up for fall camp? I'm excited. I, I love my room. Um, it's, it's been a huge blessing and honor to coach these guys and, and um, just just to build the culture that we have in our room. Um it's it's been been cool to see because there's a few of the guys that came in um, had options to go other places yeah. and, and um, I think because of the culture that was one of the things that you know some of these new guys that are, that are coming in they um, they reiterated that to me like you know I love the room I love the guys that you you have in there um, and and the feeling that I got and for me that's I love that. It means a lot to me because um, that was something that I, as as much as I love BYU and I love you know the program and everything, um, as a player, that was the the one thing that I missed the most was the the room that I was in and really? the guys that I was in there with the culture that that you know Fahu and Curtis and Fui and Manasseh and Joe and like a bunch of those guys built and and created. Um, it was. I, I can't explain it, but I was I was just awesome. gonna ask Harvey, like, is this as deep as that room's ever been with talent? And then you just rattled off all of those names. <laughs> Maybe not. And I was like, well, evidently not. Like now, I feel like it's a stupid question, so I'm not even gonna no. ask it. But uh, but let, let's start with some of the guys individually. Aiden Robbins was a big get out of UNLV, thousand yard rusher last season, um, two years of eligibility remaining. Yeah. When we talked to K-pop 
about him, Kelly Papinga, he's like, oh man, when, when we were going to go play those guys, we knew he was all they had. Like he's like, that's what they've got. Uh, we just need to stop that guy. <laughs> and so they went in with a defensive plan to stop him. And, and that was number one priority. And they didn't, he had like 130 yards rushing against them. So, so, so tell us a little bit about Aiden and what skill set he brings to that uh, position for this fall. Well, I don't know if you've seen him in person. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a good looking guy. Um, <laughs> he's jacked. He's, yeah, I mean, and and to be as tall as he is and as big as he is, he's actually got really good feet, um, mm. really nimble, quick, um, and deceivingly fast. Um, but at the same time, it's it's been fun to watch him, um, really like take ownership of the room and, and help lead and, and step in and, and be that kind of a role guy um, for, for the room and for the guys. Um, it's it's cool to see because he's he actually has pretty good hands too. So yeah. to watch him like be able to get out in the backfield and, and if you you know you throw him the ball out of the backfield, he's he's got good hands and yeah, and it's six three two thirty if if he's in the second and third level, that's a big event. You throw him the ball, and now you got a safety trying to bring him down. That's not an easy assignment for a safety, right? Right. And like I said, I, honestly, I feel like he's deceivingly fast. Yeah. So for guys, I think you know they might take the wrong angle at him, or um, he's shifty enough that I believe he can make a few guys miss if he needs to, but. At the same time, like you said, it's I don't think safeties are really excited to hit guys that are 230-plus pounds. No, running I can't imagine why they're yeah, running downhill. <laughs> well, who does he remind you of? Uh, that's That um, you've coached. He reminds me a lot of Jamal um, in, in the fact that he's, he's a one-cut downhill type guy, mm -hmm. but... Um, really good vision, very um, cerebral. Under, like as far as the offense and everything goes, like it, it's cool to hear him. Like even in the spring, although he wasn't able to, you know, go in for team and stuff, it was cool to listen to him actually coach up some of the younger guys and explain blocking schemes and and um, helping them understand how certain plays work yeah. in our offense and stuff. And for me, I'm like, that's that's cool. Like the fact that he understands that mm -hmm. speaks volumes of him and, and his preparation. Keelan Marion was on Sports Nation today, did an interview with him. Fantastic kid. Awesome. Can't wait to yeah. see him on the field. And he said Aiden I, was the, his number one recruiter of because he knew him from back yeah. in Louisville. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. And reached yeah. out yeah. and said, yeah. you got to come here. And now here's a guy who has hardly been here. <laughs> Um, but you had a relationship with Aiden back at Louisville even yeah. three years ago. Yeah. But it was interesting that um, that Robbins is like, hey, you, you want to be here because of how good it is. Yeah. No, it's – and I think part of that was having Aiden come here on his visit and stuff. Um, I had Falau or Hinkley and Miles, yeah. um, you know, host him and, and um, kind of – Gave him that vibe, the, the culture of our room and the team and everything like that. Um, and Aiden had a lot of other schools that he could have gone to and other choices. And he actually took his visits after BYU to SC and some other schools. Um, but it was that feeling or I guess, you know, the camaraderie and the brotherhood that he felt from 
from Ropati and from Miles Davis and, and some of those other guys on the team that like, yeah, like as nice as some of these other places might be, like I feel what these guys are talking about. Yeah. And I think because of Aiden feeling that way and now being here for a few months now, like he feels that and it's it's hard to explain, but um, I think he gets it. He understands what BYU is about. He understands the culture we have on the team. Um, and it's cool to see him promote that. Like, yeah. And and it's not just coming from a like. None of us are asking him to sit there and try to sell like this thing. Like, it's. I'm sure it's his own words, and he's, you know, speaking from the heart. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> what, sure. what? One. We 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 heard so much about Aiden because that was kind of an early early signee and everybody knew about him and and so he seemed to get a lot of attention which is great and well deserved kind of flying under the radar maybe a little bit is Dion smith who yeah. who's comes from colorado i think he's not getting enough uh mentioned just just because he came in a little later right, right. on the heels but but tell us a little bit about Dion. He, he's not the same size six feet 190 yeah but uh you know, 34 games at Colorado, 159 attempts, 653 yards, four touchdowns. Very productive at Colorado in the Pac-12. When he was healthy. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. when healthy. So so tell us about him and what role you see him playing. So he, he's actually, he's bulked up a little bit. Oh. Um, so he's, he's about 205, between 205 to 210. Really? So he's put on some, he's put on some good weight. Um, but it's, he, he's definitely um, a change of pace guy. He, he's... One of those kind of guys you can put him in space and um if we want him to run routes he can run routes um if we you know want to have him out of the backfield doing that kind of stuff he's that kind of guy um but he's he's a speedster he's definitely got you know some speed and some giddy up to him so it's it's fun to see that just you know change of pace but um i think very similar to to aiden Super smart kid. Mm. Like he's, I mean, in, in the short time that we've been able to have him come out and do workouts and everything and, and um, kind of get the offense down, he's actually picked it up a lot faster than I anticipated. Really? So it's it's cool to see that because he's, um, and we, I mean, he told me this on the visit that he, he went through numerous coordinators. Yeah. So he's been through a lot of offenses. He understands yeah. A lot of different blocking schemes, a lot of different protection schemes, a lot of different run schemes. Um, and as far as he's concerned, he's like, Coach, it's just your terminology. He's like, I, I run what you guys run. He's like, I know what you guys are doing. I can draw it up on the board for you if you need me to. It's just we named it this, this, and this for these different coordinators. But And you got one year out of him, right? Does he have he one or does he have two? two? He actually has oh, two. Oh, wow. So you yeah. got those guys both for two. It's interesting, okay. Harvey. Um, when you go through multiple coordinators – Everybody's starting fresh every year. When you go to get a new coordinator, everybody's starting fresh. You you guys have run consistently the same stuff for the last several years. And so you've got guys, and you mentioned uh, Miles Davis and Hinckley, who've been in the system, that can help these guys learn because they know exactly what's expected and and how to do it, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's been been cool to see because those, you would think, I guess, having that kind of competition in the room and stuff that guys may be like, do I want to help this guy or whatever? Right. But it's, it's been awesome. Like the, the, 
as much as you know miles and and hinkley have been helping these other guys out like it's, it's cool to see like they're just they're pushing each other and that's all i've asked them to do i'm like hey look just compete like i want you guys to help elevate this room more than it's ever been like i want you guys to push these new guys and i hopefully i'm, I'm praying these new guys are just going to push you even more yeah you know to to compete and and at the end of the day like it's only going to make us better can any of these guys return kicks um yeah actually we um we've got a little experimentation we got going on but papinga papinga was it was here <laughs> and he was talking about rapati he loves, yeah, cause he we loves keep, well because we keep saying like you know, and punt's a different deal. A punt, you know, right, right. It, it, I don't think anybody's ever done it better, better than my guy, Vaisikahema, right? Yeah. And, and Vi's not, I, and this is no secret, Vi's not blazingly fast. Vi always used to say, Shifty. yeah, Vi always used to say, most important thing is just catch every punt. Yeah. You gain oh, a lot of yards sure. by just catching every punt. So you yeah. got to get to every ball and catch it. Yeah. He goes, then the next thing is you just got to make the first guy miss and get to a seam. And, and for that, you need quickness. You don't need to go run by people. But kickoffs are different. It's different. And we've been wanting somebody with just, like you mentioned, Dion's really, like somebody's just hit that crease and just go, like Adam Hine did back a few years ago. So I'm wondering if, like, so it sounds like you guys are working on some stuff. Yeah, we've got a couple guys in the room. I mean, Hinkley is definitely one of those guys we feel, you know, he's got a good good chance to be that kind of guy. Miles Davis, another one, Dion. Yeah. Um, And then, who knows? I mean, I got LJ coming up too, so that's right. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about LJ a little bit. <laughs> this is a freshman kid coming out of El Paso, six two, yeah, two oh five, ran for over twenty one hundred yards and twenty three touchdowns last year. And what high in school, one year? Five A MVP, and we're talking about Texas football. Yeah, um, how good is he? And is he good enough to get carries in September? That's tough because he's he's coming into a room with with some depth. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's he's coming into a room where you know some of these older guys they've you know, um, they've played at the highest level right. against some of the the best competition and have been you know productive at that. So, um, but what has he got? He do it? What has he got that you tra- you were attracted to? Shoot, everything. They, really? I mean, the guys as far as athleticism goes, like he's pretty dang athletic. Like the kid is very smooth when he runs. Um, big enough that obviously, you know, if he needs to put his shoulder down and get a couple extra yards, he can. Um, and, and surprisingly, he's he can catch the ball great out of the backfield as well. So to do those things and, and be a, a bigger back, um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to, you know, get my hands on him and kind of see where we're at and hopefully. Is he here yet? Um hour and a half <laughs> is he, he so he's coming so, tonight yeah, he's driving yeah he and his folks are driving up yeah they're driving up tonight and fantastic um, yeah they they're i actually just got a picture from his parents where they were at the the utah borderline where the sign says welcome to utah <laughs> no wow. kidding he's, yeah he's so you'll get him uh an individual workout you actually get to be around guys yeah. and yeah. so your first time with him on the field could be later in the week um, yeah, he'll he'll come in, get all of his paperwork done and everything like that, physicals and all that, and then yeah, start. Okay, start big piece the of the guys. future arriving tonight. Yeah, yeah one, one of one of our uh, our uh, listeners, Linda Murray, who's always with us every week, she just goes, "It's been great seeing our recruits so impressed with the coaches and their visits, and our current players helping recruit the new recruits. That Texas kid sounds great. So, <laughs> so everybody's getting excited about 
about your conversation and, and your talk about culture and these kids wanting to be here because that's that's what it really takes. So. Yeah, definitely. We got a few more minutes with you before we're going to get you to a birthday party, and we're going to hit you up for the five best running backs of all time. Uh, in that room, let's quickly hit Rapati Davis and Mayava Peters. What what do you expect for Rapati in the Big Twelve? Um, I mean, hopefully he doesn't skip a beat from last season where he ended it. He he did some amazing things that latter half of the season um, showed us that he has the ability to take the top off and, and go for the big yards and the big runs and, and make some home runs. But um, we also, I think the, the Boise State game definitely helped out. You know, he, I know they, they were a couple screens and stuff here and there, but yeah. he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield and, and um, he does a really good job in space. Um, understands how to set up his blocks and, and um, really set up his run um, out in the open field and stuff. So it's um, it's cool to see him. And it was good to see him get some confidence with his ball security as well because yeah, I know that, that yeah. was a question early in his career. It's like, man, can we put him out there and really take care of the ball? But he, he proved himself a bit last yeah. year by not putting the ball on the ground, right? Yep. He, he definitely worked on that all season and, and knew – um, if he wanted to get on the field, that was, you know, that was number one for him to just take care of that and everything else will, you know, take care of itself. So what was your biggest assignment for Miles Davis in the off season? He ran really hard, really well early, got hurt and that was it. Um, and we always thought, man, he's fast, but he could use a few more pounds to take the beating yeah. back. Yeah. He comes, where's he at? What do you expect? Um, yeah, no, he's he's definitely put on a little bit of weight, but good weight. Mm -hmm. He's, um, you know, more muscular. Um, but at the same time, I think for, for Miles, um, he's he's new to the position. Right. You're converting a guy who's, you know, been out in the open space his whole career and then trying to transition to bring him back in the backfield. Um, it, it's tough, but he does have... He has the work ethic for sure, but at the same time, um, he shows the ability. And there's a few games we had where he showed glimpses of it. So Wyoming, uh, he was too fast for Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. no, he definitely um, showcased that. And for me, I think a lot of it um, is him just being super confident in the playbook. Because um, I know he knows the wide wideout stuff and he understands all that, but. Um, from the running back perspective, I just I challenged him to just really, really get in the playbook, understand what you know what he's doing, so he doesn't he's not gonna have to think and and just really get out there and run, like, yeah. let loose and, and do what he did against Wyoming and and not look back. So, and, and when you say he's got to understand where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do, um, but also for you, Harvey, I know you've got to look at. Does this guy know everything we're doing? If if our quarterback checks out into a pass, is our quarterback going to get killed because this guy doesn't know who he's supposed to block? Right, right. They have to know it all, and you have to trust him before he can stick him out there, right? Yeah. Yep. Most definitely, and that and that's something that in the spring, he's he definitely showcased that. Like he, I mean, as far as the pass protection, and everything goes in the scheme of that. Like he did awesome. Like I was really proud of him because it's not a super easy protection scheme to get. And for him to actually come out there and not have any MAs or anything like that in the spring, it was cool to see. I, I knew, like, he, he really took, you know, to heart what I was challenging him to do and, and came out and showcased it and stuff. So I just got to keep him healthy. 
A lot of people ask me, why is this guy not in the field? And I go, I don't, you know what? I haven't been to practice enough, but if he can't pass protect, you can't be, he out can't be on the field. That's and people right. are like, oh, I, know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And Harvey was part of a long line of dudes that could really pass protect. Well, yeah. Those names you mentioned, Fui and Manasseh and these guys, I mean, they prided themselves yeah. on hiding in behind the guard or the tackle. <laughs> Here comes the safety or the back around a blitz, thinks he's got a free reign to the quarterback, and then they step out, bam. Slobber knocker, mouthpiece flying out. And Harvey used to do that too. You guys took a lot of pride in that. Oh, definitely. Lancer was, I mean, an O line guy. So yeah, yeah. he always told us we were an extension of the O line. So <laughs> we, we took it to heart and we, uh, yeah, I mean, all of us loved it. But it, I mean, I guess it was easy if you're, or easier when you're 200 and. 40-plus pounds. Right. So yeah. it, it helps. Yeah, those were some big dudes. <laughs> Mayava Peters was the quarterback in the bowl game, and yeah. that's where we saw his running ability. Uh, and now he's switched to running back. We were there de- uh, the day he tweaked his knee in practice and yeah. was kind of yeah. shut down the rest of the way. What's his, what's his anticipated role? So, sadly, we're, um, he may not be with us this fall. Okay. Um, just couple things he's trying to take care of off the field gotcha. um so that's that's to be determined okay mm-hmm. um, just yeah wait, waiting to see if, if he does if he does work his way back in does he stay in the running back room could he go out and play slot i mean he's athletic yeah. he can play a lot of different things right he can he can and he showed us that in spring before he got hurt yeah um yeah we we utilized him in geez every way possible I mean, he was in the backfield running the ball um we were able to motion him out into the field and he actually was a really good route runner and right. has great hands um but with his running ability and he's actually he's pretty fast we started to implement him into the the jet scheme yeah. and mm-hmm. had him running some jets and stuff like that so the, the the kid can do he can do a lot he's um yeah he's super athletic and and surprisingly like one of those guys that you don't have to sit there and coach over and over and over. Like he'll go out there if he messes up, he'll correct it, and the next time he does it, it's exactly how you wanted it to be. And just one of those kind of guys. I don't yeah. know how to explain it, but yeah, look, Fastner. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he can get things squared away and get back back with the program. Hey, what what does Keaton Slovis bring to the running backs room? How how, how is whatever he's got <laughs> going to help your guys? Um. I mean, the guy can. I mean, he can sling the ball. That's that's a it's a given. I mean, he's he's done it in the past, and and even in the springtime, it was cool to see. Like, um, he's and I mean, I've seen a lot of good quarterbacks, but yeah. he throws the ball just as good as any of them. And and for us, like running backs, it's I mean that helps us at times because if you can soften the defense and and you know take the top off and let guys go and and or just i mean even just completing your intermediate routes and stuff like that it, it definitely helps with the run game now you're not running into this eight-man box and, mm-hmm. and guys aren't just stacking it so it's i think with his ability that way um it'll definitely open up some run lanes and stuff but surprisingly too he's He's pretty athletic. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like he can move. That was the thing I was most surprised. When I saw him run around, I'm like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that Keaton could run around like that. <laughs> he, That's going to surprise some move. people. Because they all saw him in that air raid offense at SC where he's just catch and get it out, catch and get yeah, it out. Yeah. But I, I actually, a couple times he took off and ran, and I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. This could be a nice little thing that people don't know about. 
Harvey so. Ungus with us on the Wise Guys. Glenn from the Philippines checking in. Says, hey, Harvey, thanks for being on. Uh, great to oh, hear from that. you. Let's finish, and Blaine will run you through this, for your top five NFL running backs of all time. This from a running back who uh, ran for 3,455 yards and 36 touchdowns at BYU. Also caught... Uh, passes for 1,085 yards and nine more touchdowns. So, so you're a, a perfect person to roll out who the best five running backs all time are in the NFL. And, and do you want to go reverse order or from one through five? What do you want to do? You want to start with your fifth and go to the f- first, or you want to go first through fifth? First through fifth. Okay. Okay. So that number one of all time, Walter, Walter Payton. Sweetness. That's yeah. I yeah, my, my old teammate Jim McMahon played with him, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that Jim could have thrown for 4,000 yards a year, but he just kept tossing it backwards to sweetness, <laughs> which was a good good yeah. choice. Is that but, who you wanted to be? Um, honestly, there there was so many running backs. Like, growing up, my, my dad had me watch. Yeah. Every, and it's honestly, it was weird. I actually played quarterback growing up. At Timview? Ah. Uh, well, no, not at Timview. At, at, well, just as a kid. When you were okay. little, little. Like, Is it because you were big and fast? I Well, I think for whatever reason, being lefty, it, um, I don't know. Some guys like, I don't know if they just liked seeing guys throw with their left hand or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing that. So it was, I gravitated to a lot of the quarterbacks. But, um Naturally, Steve Young, who was yeah. also a good yeah. runner. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, dad dad definitely had me watch a bunch of them. So well, Peyton's number and, and one. Har- Harvey's dad's one of my goats. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's the best. I love he's him. A good so, okay, one is Walter. Who's two? Um, Barry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Barry's. And that's hard, too, because I... One yeah. two is tough. I, that's I tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. So my, my old teammate, Kurt Govea, played against Barry, and he goes like, that. he's the guy that the night before you're playing them, you just can't sleep because it's just like, oh, no. Like, I'm going to be in the open field, and I'm not even going to touch him. He goes, some yeah. guys don't want you to tackle him. Other guys don't want you to touch him. Barry didn't want you to touch him. Yeah. His highlight <laughs> films are amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Was, I mean. And he was on a bad team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, crazy. To do what he did. Oh. With and, and not to knock on any of those guys blocking, I love every old man in the world, <laughs> but it's unbelievable what he did and, and what he was able to do. And, and so, yeah. So, All Walter, right. then Barry, who's your three? Um, this one was tough, it was kind of a, a tie, but I, I went with Jim Brown. All right, Jim Brown, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was a big dude and physical, yeah, and he was way yeah. ahead of his time, yeah. Just, I mean, the production he had, I mean, rushing yards and whatnot, and just the physicality, the way he played the game. Like was- I, I, I'm sad that my old high school guy, Ernie Davis, didn't get to go play side-by-side side with Jim because he passed away from leukemia after winning the Heisman Trophy at Syracuse. But for my high school, mm. Jim Brown and Ernie Davis in the same backfield, oh, man. That's... That never it's happened. Never no, happened. But yeah. they both followed, went to Syracuse and on to the Browns. So, okay, Jim Brown's number three. I like that. Can't argue with any of these. Number four, uh, AP Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. And let's see which one of your buddies was the lead blocker for Adrian. Was it Manasse? Fahu. Oh, it's Fahu. Fahu. That's right. Yeah. Fahu was plowed the when, road for Adrian. When he was yeah. in his prime, he he was fantastic. Oh, unbelievable. And Thank who you. has an ACL reconstruction and comes back six months later and leads the league in rushing again? Right. That guy, yeah, I think he, that yeah. guy breaks the single season rushing record too. Like, yeah. it, and I, I mean, for me, it was um, just seeing it in person. 
So when we're, we're playing against him, like to watch him run the way he ran, like oh, so it was fun, unbelievable. So yeah. I, I, um, that's a, that's a great one. He's yeah, I had to I had to put him up there. Who's okay. gonna make the last? Who's gonna who's be the last? last pair? I know there's a lot of great guys. Who's I, gonna be five? Man, I'll be honest, I couldn't decide. <laughs> um, it, for me, it was like a four way tie, three three four way tie, but. I, I was gonna go with Marshall. Marshall Falls. Oh, I love yeah. that. Not and Tony Mar- Dorsett. Not to Emmett Smith. Well, I, 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 I'm Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Like, I mean, there's there's so, so many good ones. Yeah. Here, here's why I love Marshall. Marshall is one of the most complete backs that I ever played. For sure. Because because if if you just loaded up the box, they'd throw him screens and get him downfield in the pass game, and he was so yeah. deadly. Whether it was catching the ball in the backfield or run the ball, I think that's a great choice. Marshall's great. It, it was it was hard because I think Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, there's oh, another one. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't decide, and then Marshawn was the other. Yeah, Marshawn. Yeah. All those He's great decent. guys. <laughs> right? Like there's so Marshall, many good ones. Marshall, I thought had the edge. I mean, yeah, he yeah. holds the record for receptions for running backs. I think he's like six thousand yards receiving. And then I think he's the only back that's posted a thousand thousand. Like yeah, I think you're right. And caught for over a thousand. So. Uh, he he was a great one. We got to call some of his games in college, so we we have a little soft spot for Marshall. We're not going to yeah. argue with that one. So. Curling guy says uh, thanks, Harvey, for all your hard work. You make BYU great. And then, <laughs> appreciate it. Jay Bardsley eleven says thanks for all you do, Harvey. My bro still talks about the good old days at Tim View playing with you. Spencer, yeah. Spencer. Oh, and you know what? The, Outside the echo chamber goes, what about Bo Jackson? So he was the other guy. He was. I, he I just missed the it list. Was, <laughs> it was between those those four that I, I couldn't decide. Because Bo, obviously, I mean, his career was cut short. Yeah. But man, he was um, good. Yeah, when he was in his peak, he was like one of the greatest athletes of all time. Right. Did you did you Stephen Marks said that uh, his first BYU jersey was number forty five? No. Yeah, he <laughs> says I'm so glad you got the running back coach's job. You can teach oh, him how to play, and that's that. Steve from Olympia, Washington. So Mike just me so, with yeah. us from Beaumont, Texas. Everyone chiming in. Harvey, wish your daughter a happy birthday for us. I appreciate it. it yeah, it was but, actually Makai's. Oh. Oh really? Yeah, my sons. But oh, Makai is your sons. Yeah. Okay. My, my daughter's is actually in a week. Oh, so okay. yeah. we'll tell her happy so, birthday coming will, up, and then tell Makai that tell we Mekhi didn't that think we it was hers we gotta, today. We gotta get, you gotta get you out here to get and get to the birthday party. We we I appreciate you guys. Um, we love the job you're doing there, and sounds like that running back room is deep. Maybe not as deep as <laughs> Fahu Manase, uh, Fui, and. The guy right here, all in the same running back room. That's something special. That's a bunch of NFL guys right there. Yeah. But but this one's stacking up to be pretty awesome. It's I I love this group. I love this group. It's it's um, I mean I'm excited to to see you know how these guys handle business and stuff. And and it it was random, but um I actually saw Chris Brooks today. Too. Yeah. Oh. So it's, yeah. it's cool. Like for a guy like him to come back to right. BYU and to work out and, and make he I mean, this is home for him, he feels like. So that's, that's why good. he's coming back and training and stuff. Like and I want guys to feel like that. He's going to Dolphins camp, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. He just yeah. got he just got in from Miami on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night. So it's it's cool to see that. Like I, I hope these guys feel that bond and that, you know, camaraderie that they, they want to come back and Wayne well, Robbins told us that, that he's here because you put guys in the NFL. Yep. Well, I, that helps, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I, I want to, and this last last thing is you're as you're heading to, to the birthday party. Um, can you take credit for going to the defense when you got in this role and saying, um, 
Give us Tyler back. We need Tyler Algier back over here. Like, what in the world is he doing over playing linebacker? We need him over here. Was that you? I, I can't take credit. I, like, <laughs> honestly, Kalani was a big factor in that. He, um, I mean, he saw what I saw, and I'm, I'm just glad he did too. Because at first, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get fired or not for <laughs> having having Tyler come over or whatnot, but. It, it um yeah Kalani I think you know he he saw it from the get go and he felt like Tyler would definitely be a guy and so it um yeah I give I give credit to Kalani that's <laughs> wise well, man no is, give credit to Kalani because Kalani had the clout to back him up but yeah. I'm telling you right now word has it that this guy wanted that guy back on offense and that was a great recognition of the talent. Atlanta Falcons uh, thank you <laughs> yes for all that and so does Har- so Tyler you. and his family yeah. uh, Harvey so. uh, thank you we'll see you uh, at practice here just yeah, around just, the corner just no, not that long up. so it's coming up soon I appreciate you guys all right thank thanks, you the great Harvey Unga outstanding running backs coach and uh, running back when he was at BYU and with us on the wise guys so he's going to slide out next week sherry do is going to slide in here the executive vice president of deseret management corporation the ceo of deseret book one of the world's largest byu fans and so we look forward to having sherry do with us uh next week uh in july lee kamard's committed for the 11th uh mitch matthews will be here on the 18th and um, and we're working on some big names as we yeah. march closer yeah. to to the big month of August when when everything starts back up for real uh, right here on the Wise Guys. Wait, did I, did I tell you, like I ran? I was at a thing with Sherry. Well, Steve Young's um, award thing. Yeah, Sher- Sherry was yeah. at, and I visited with her for a while. And she is so like I was telling her how pumped we are to have her on the show, and she's just like downplaying it like it's not that big of a deal. She's she's very humble. It's a big deal to get Sherry Dew sure to is. come and join us. And she, she's written more books. But yeah, she really is the biggest BYU fan there is. I, I think, think so. I think I so. think she lives up to that. That we're not just hyping it. She's, <laughs> she's, she's coming a, down from Salt Lake to hang yeah, with us. We're so. we're so pumped for that. That so show. that's next week on the Wise Guys. We've got a special guest coming up here in just a little bit that we're excited about. But now that Harvey's slipped out of the door, let's uh, let's discuss. Uh, who we might think are the five greatest running backs in BYU history. We couldn't really take this on when he was right here. No, but but he obviously he's in that five. Right, but we're going to go five to one. Okay. And, um, and so let us know if you agree. Uh, and, and it's not all just, hey, who had the most numbers? We had to think about, yeah. hey, look, who, uh, who are the guys you feared the most? Uh, when healthy would just run right over you. And I'll tell you what, the decision uh, between one and two is debatable. Yeah, that that's hard. Yeah, it really is because, and we'll talk about it when we get to two and one. So, so, so here we go. So let's say number five, and and, and I put a little list together, and, and you've had a chance to look at it, and so we might even not agree on it as well. But but I put Tyler Algier at number five, uh, single season record, thirty six touchdowns on the ground. Uh, 2,904 career yards. Is that, maybe the greatest single play we've ever seen anybody make, and it wasn't even running the ball. And that should get him in the top five. It, I just none, just right? for that effort of punching out the interception, and basically that's the play that won the game against Arizona State in that magical season. But but we put Tyler at five um, with 2,904 total yards. Um, and, and you know, maybe had he played all four years at running back, it'd be, up higher. It'd be different. Yeah. Um, and, he had a know, shot we're, at we're, Harvey's and... Uh, Jamal's records, and and he certainly had the best rookie season of any NFL running back ever. Yeah, um, that came out From of BYU, BYU, right? You bet. Um, and so so that says something, but it's not about that. I mean, if we're going to pick the greatest quarterback in BYU history, but right. and we base it on the NFL, 
Like it's a no contest. You gotta have some other stuff. It's a no contest. It's Steve Young, right? Be, yeah. Because he's a Hall of Famer. Not no question. But, but then you start looking at the I, yards and you go, if I do my top quarterbacks in the history of BYU and we just base it on their college time, yeah. Um, you got Jim McMahon I, I still in there. think Jim McMahon's the the greatest college quarterback ever. I really do. And I knew Ty won the Heisman Trophy. And so And then Max won thirty two yeah, games. And, and so, and so <laughs> it's like and so I, I would put Steve at, at three in college, but he's the greatest quarterback. And if we take overall, pro, overall, he's the greatest quarterback sure. in BYU history. All right. Well, let's stay on the running backs because we got we maybe we will take that on. Yeah, we'll do that uh, one a different, different because that's a, that's a tougher one actually. So number four, and 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 here's the interesting thing. Let's see inside center with us from Houston, do, Texas. Do you know what? Welcome. We, we got some of the, we got to get some of these guys on the show. Yeah. yeah, Curtis we, Brown we've had on the show. This, I was just thinking that because Curtis Brown is number four, three thousand two hundred twenty-one yards, twenty-seven touchdowns, and wasn't Curtis number one all-time? Was he the all-time leading rusher when he left? They were all, it seems. You right. know, so Curtis was he had the record until Harvey broke it, right? Yeah, and then Harvey had the record until uh, Jamal, Jamal broke, broke it. it, and for a while there, Staley had had it back right. in back right. in the day. And so, and I thought Curtis broke Luke's. So anyhow, we're gonna go with Tyler at five. Curtis at four. Curtis was a complete back. Um, and one of the great representatives of all time yeah. for, for BYU. To so this good. day, he still is. But um, we've had CB. Ed, he was affectionately called CB, CB, Curtis Brown, by everybody. And uh, Hanging out in Fresno. Boy, he was, he was special. And BYU won a lot of games when, when CB was lining up at running back. So things get a little tighter in the top three. We've got Harvey at number three. We mentioned his 45 total touchdowns and 3,455 yards. And, and Harvey left with a year to play, right? Right. If, if Harvey stays another year, I think he's the all-time leading rusher in yeah, BYU he was a He was a beast. But then we get to the 1-2, and, and I these, went these back are, and forth. These are hard. So, um, and, and you know how Harvey said at number five, he's got like a four-way tie? We, we've got like a three-way tie at 1A, <laughs> 1B, 1C. Um, we choose to put Luke Staley at number two. A loose, a loose number two, and the, and the reason we're doing that is because we're gonna get, we're gonna give the all-time leading rusher number one. Yeah, I think I think you have to. So, so that that's tr- clearly, and not only that, but he's just been such an unbelievable representative while he was here, and and continues to be. And but Luke Staley, you know how we talk about Taysom Hill as a freak. Yeah, he was. Luke a freak. Staley's the biggest freak that's ever played running back here. When it comes to just pure physical skills, when he was healthy, he was unstoppable. Nobody that big is supposed to be a world class sprinter. And and when does a BYU running back win the Doak Walker Award as the best right. running back in the country? And so, so you could make an argument that the Doak Walker Award winner should be number one. Yeah, so that so that's why we so, we, so we don't even know. We, so we, we it's loosely one and two or two and one or one and one. I you know that one's tough. Um. BYU was playing San Diego State. Ted Tolder, who had been our quarterback coach here, was the head coach of San Diego State at the time. I was standing down at the end zone before the game, and BYU was warming up in that end zone. And he he looked distracted. Um, like he wasn't really paying attention. And I was my back was to the field, and Coach Tolner was looking at the field. And I go, what are you looking at? And he goes, uh have you ever seen calves like that guy right there ever in your life? And he was looking at Luke Staley's calves. John Robinson told us the he same thing. He was mesmerized by it, right? And John yeah. was like, that guy's just a... F-. Luke Staley, when you got down inside the 10-yard line, I think is one of the most difficult running backs to stop from getting a touchdown Yeah. Um, in the history of college football. And remember, he led the nation in scoring, which is always a kicker, right? Yeah. That, that year he won right. the Doak Walker Award. 
because he was a touchdown machine. So Luke was phenomenal. 2,493 yards, 1,582 in 2001, 41 touchdowns. Unbelievable that season. So we go, maybe we go loose because we got Jamal at number one, uh, 3,901 yards program record. He ran for 286. Remember calling that game against mm-hmm. Toledo, single game record. 35 touchdowns, one touchdown catch. So that's 36 total for yeah, and Jamal Williams. I should Williams. mention that, that, that year that Luke led the nation, he had 41 rushing touchdowns. He had 48 total touchdowns. That's crazy. It's interesting here because you look at Algier, and, and he left with two years of eligibility remaining. Harvey left a year on the table. Uh, Staley, Staley was great when he was healthy, but he right. dealt with things. Jamal um, uh, was solid, but remember he left for a year, right? And then came back and finished the job, earned his degree, and and set the record. But but he left for a year to to work out some off the field issues. And, uh, and came back. So none of them just had, hey, four straight years of glory. Go get some yards, which is kind of like life. You know, no one gets to just skip through life. And the top running backs at BYU all had to overcome stuff. Yeah, and one of the reasons I love Jamal so much is for the, the fact that he came back. Yeah. When, when he had been successful and everybody, and I'm talking everybody, was interested in telling Jamal, Oh, forget BYU. They hold you to a, a, a standard that's way too high off the field. We will, You do whatever you want here. Come here. And I'm talking everybody. Yeah. USC, you name it. And and I respect Jamal. I respect Jamal's folks. His mom came right out and said, no, he made a commitment. He knew what he was getting into. He's coming back. And Jamal came back and finished what he started. That To me, that says a lot about the character of Jamal. And he's never stopped representing the Y. No, loves it. He's always wearing BYU gear yeah. and talking about BYU. And, and he's at his peak now in the NFL after leading oh, the league in touchdowns. Yep. Uh, Empty Skull watching from Hawaii. Thank you for watching the Wise Guys. So here's so, a, and, we, it, and, we, and we know that you're just, you know, that's self-depreciating because we know your skull's not empty. Yeah. But you are in Hawaii, so congratulations. Yeah. Uh, now let's throw another uh, dilemma of a question here. And with Jamal Willis will give honorable mention because he's right. right there too. But where does Taysom Hill factor in? He's number six all-time in rushing. Never, let's not even talk about passing. From the quarterback spot. 1,344 yards. Ran for 259 against Texas. We all remember that. 32 total touchdowns. Remember, Jamal rushed for 35. Taysom rushed for 32. Where does Taysom <laughs> fit in the top five <laughs> rushers of all time? He's right up there in the top 10, I think. How about that? If, if Taysom Hill played running back full-time, he might be the all-time leading rusher in BYU And get 25 carries a night? Got the same kind of carries these guys yeah. got? Where would if, he be? If Taysom Hill ran the old Oklahoma offense when Barry Switzer was there and they ran the wishbone, he would have been unstoppable. Yeah, unstoppable. For sure. He's unstoppable in the NFL. So, yeah, we we throw Taysom Hill as an honorable mention, <laughs> as, even though he played quarterback. As I was looking at this list, I sat there, and, I, and there he is. I'm like, wait. Taysom Hill. You, t- you type up top running backs in BYU history or yards, and pop, there he is. He's right like, there. You know, that's just. And uh, Taysom struggled with injuries throughout his career. Yeah. You, you know, all these guys had something. So. All right. So, there you go. Our five greatest running backs in BYU history. Um, and then we'll see where these new guys come, uh, as uh, as Harvey talked about them there a moment ago. Some key dates. We got some big dates. We every day we get closer, and now uh, July one is eleven days out. Yeah, and and on July, what happens July one? Well, a couple of things happen July one. The most important thing is is BYU joins the Big Twelve, 
And you and I are going to be over there, part of this big, big 12 party, right? Yes, we are. Uh, it's going to go from 3 till 6 p.m. Um, at the student-athlete building practice field. Just, it's going to be a huge fan fest and celebration of the official entry into the big 12. We're going to be there with BYU TV, and we're going to do a live show from that, that fan festival and that party from 3 to 5. So come out and join us and be there. And if you can't be there, jo- you know, join us and watch us on the show. Big 12 Media Days coming up July 12th and 13th. Oh, I forgot to mention the other thing. It's Stadium of Most, Fire. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be one giant well, and, Big and, 12 and here's, party. It's a, it's a big day because Dave not only has to come uh, co-host that show with all of us, then he's got to... He can't stick around for the party. But like, if you're going to be there, come talk to me because I'll stick around and hang out with you till 6. Dave has to run. I mean, they may helicopter him over. That's how important he is. <laughs> but he, he's going to have to run over to the stadium because he's got a um, co-MC... Stadium of Fire that night with Journey in the whole game. Yeah, so. it's going to be awesome. Let's hope for great weather and a, and See, a spectacular Anna, Anna day. Anna just says, uh, pipes in and says, Stadium of Fire is so slay. Yes, it is. So, we, yes, I, it so, is. so sorry to go regress, but stay, July 1st, the other big thing is Stadium of Fire that night. Now we can go to July 12th and 13th. And then we got Big 12 Media Days then. NFL training camps for rookies. And my sister start. Kelly's birthday is the 12th. Let's not forget On the 12th, that. Kelly, happy Pre-happy birthday. Uh, training camps July 18th. Uh, after further review, five weeks from tonight, back on BYU TV on July 25th. Players show up July 31st. Camp August 1st. And then we're, and then we're engaged. Let me tell you what just happened a moment ago in Raymond, Alberta. Um, uh, four-star guard Delaney Gibb just announced her commitment to Amber Whiting's basketball program at BYU. She's the number two uh, player in Canada, the whole country, uh, choosing the Cougars over a whole bunch of Power Five programs, and we're gonna join. We're gonna visit with her live here in just a few minutes. She's got a big party going on at her house. She's gonna move over to the uh, to the uh, to the computer. We'll zoom with her and we'll talk about her. But uh, credit to Amber Whiting now has assembled four or three four star players mm-hmm. in her first one and a half recruiting classes, which has never happened in the history of the BYU women's basketball program. If if they were gonna compete in that league, that's what they're gonna have to do. And and so far, so good for for Amber Whiting. And and you know, Amber's been on the show a couple times. I loved having Amber and, and Amari on the show with us together a yeah. few weeks ago. And that was a great, great dynamic. Um, yeah, you can tell that Amari's going to be a big-time leader and one of the top recruits in the country coming out. Um, so, yeah, she, she um, Amber Whiting is stocking up the talent in a big way, and uh, and this is a, a big addition to that in next year's class. So, so we're standing by for Delaney Gibb out of uh, her home in Raymond, Alberta, to join Wise Guys Live here in just a second. Before we do, let's go over a couple of things. Uh, what in the world is happening with San Diego State? They, they, they let you know the what? Mountain West Conference know we intend to leave. The Mountain West goes, okay, that means you're leaving. And they're like, what? No, no, we might not leave. We'd like a 30-day extension yeah. to save us a lot of can, money. Can Could we you wait? do that for can us? Can we wait and see? And the, and the conference said, nope. No, and, 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 and why, why would the conference say, sure? You know, you want to... I know we're married, but if you want to look around and see if there's somebody better, what? Yeah, just just go ahead. And and so um, and, and so now, San Diego State is. Are they out? Did they get kicked out of the league or or what? Because the Pac-12 hasn't invited them, the Big 12 hasn't officially invited them. Maybe something goes down on June yeah, 30th. I, obviously, you don't ask for an extension unless you're pretty certain you're going to one place or another. Yeah, you better be. Right. Well, well now they've got to be. 
Yeah, because now, now, now they're not getting the extension. Well, and here's the thing. Did they just lose some leverage? It feels with like... The, with the Pac-12 and the Big 12, did they just lose some leverage? It feels like they lost everything. So here's the thing. June 30th, if they declare by June 30th, their exit fee is $16.5 million. If it's after June 30th, it goes to $34 million. That's why they wanted the extension, because they might not get invited by June 30th, but maybe on, say... July 1st or July 2nd or whatever. And so they're like, hey, we'd like the extension. Um, and now the, the worry is, well, what if they don't get invited at all by either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 and look what they've done to their home league? Yeah, and so, and it's an interesting thing. Like, where are they going now? Yeah. They're going to the Pac-12 or the Big 12. And and the, the issue you have is, it seems like the Pac-12 is the natural fit for them. Um, and I think the PAC would like them to be you know, part of that group that replaces Oregon and Washington. But the PAC-12, as we sit here, still doesn't have a media deal. No. No, they're not. And, they're not. and, and you, got, you got places like Colorado and Arizona going. Um, you have Utah up the road saying, oh, it, this, uh, let's give you a statement of solidarity. We're, solidarity, we're not going anywhere, and we're all together on this. And they got Colorado and Arizona going, yeah, you know, we're going to look at the TV deal and see how it is, and if it's good, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> but they're not. They're not. Oh, we're in this for the long haul. Um, so, and there's even some talk that that, that Colorado's got one foot out. Yeah, and, and going Jul- back and, and going back to the June thirtieth is a big day because it seems like July ones when when all these things kick in. Like, well, if you're going to leave now, it's double. Right. Uh, like what San Diego State has had revealed to them and. And who knows? I, who knows I, I thought San Diego State would be a great addition. You know, if Utah's dead set on staying in the pack, um, and, and some teams start to defect, uh, why why not go? San, because remember, the Big Twelve is is the best college basketball conference in the mm-hmm. country. And San Diego yeah. State, hey, let, let's talk about the last fifteen years. They're the best college basketball program on in the West. Right. I mean, they've been more consistently good than. Then a lot of names that you think of that you would think would be better, you know? Yeah. In California, who's been better than San Diego State in California? Not USC. UCLA's been really good again lately, but if we go back 15, 20 years, San Diego State's been more consistent than anybody. Yeah, and we, and we like their coach. Yeah. We, we're, we're all for the, for a relation. And they play BYU every year. They're not yeah. afraid of, of yeah. BYU, but no, now... Dutch, Brian Dutcher's a phenomenal coach. They're a brand program in basketball. They've been pretty solid in football. They've been ranked on and off the last couple of years. Brady Hoke is the head coach there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see San Diego State in the Big 12. Yeah. I think that's still up in the air, though. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen. But that's that's the mess now that San Diego State is yeah. is in. Uh, outside the echo chambers, like his state, pack is a mess. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's and the, true. And, and says that'd be crazy to turn down the Big 12. Um, so, yeah, it's it's crazy. And, hey, hey, Mike, just me, I think we answered your question. You asked how much of the July 1st fanfare will be on BYU TV. The, the fanfare is 3 to 6. We'll cover it from three to five, and then from five to six, we're all just gonna. Hey, if you're there, come talk to us. We're just gonna visit with folks for that last hour. What's not a mess is opening weekend in the Big Twelve. Yeah, how I mean, fun. listen to this how lineup. Fun is this? You this wake is... up Saturday morning and you go, okay. Yeah, the, we're not talking about opening. We're talking about opening weekend of Big Twelve of play, conference, which play. is September twenty third. Six conference games on the ledger for that day. BYU at Kansas, Texas at Baylor, Oklahoma at Cincinnati. 
Oklahoma State at Iowa State, Central Florida at Kansas State, Texas Tech at West Virginia. There is not an insignificant game on which, that which slate is the for best BYU. Game? I, was, I was looking at this earlier. What, what do you think is the best? I like the Oklahoma at Cincinnati game. Yeah, or Texas at Baylor. There's so much pressure on Texas. It's Baylor's last shot right. at beating the Horns and before ba- the Horns Baylor's leave. Baylor's got a lot of guys coming back. And then, so. of course, BYU and Kansas. It's... Uh, we still don't know what time that's going to be, but but it's a resurgent. As a resurgent Kansas, they were much better yeah. last year. Yeah, this isn't your grandfather's Kansas, or maybe your grandfather's Kansas was good. This isn't <laughs> your dad's Kansas. Well, now a BYU fan wakes up, and all of those games matter. Yeah, every game. It's not just who do we play in the independent, and that's that. It's it's uh, I got six games to track because you know what we either played one of them or we're about to play someone yeah, else and think about it it's been a while like the last conference title BYU um, won was the Pac-12 title two years ago or three years ago that's the last conference title the, the Pac-12 title when they went five and one in the Pac-12 speaking of uh, <laughs> Texas and is Oklahoma that, is that wrong to say that <laughs> since we were together last the SEC announced their 2024 schedule right home and away and it's interesting because it took Texas and Oklahoma to leave for BYU to get in the Big 12. So right. there's no reason for us to have animosity towards those schools. No. We needed them to go for us to get in. But but look at what they are getting, and there's a reason why hmm. these two went to the SEC. Welcome to the SEC. Texas for their home games. Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. <laughs> those guys are coming to, to where BYU will be on October 28th. And then their away games... At Texas A&M, the reunion of mm-hmm. of, of uh, one of the great rivalries. Arkansas, where BYU will be. Vanderbilt, and they'll play Oklahoma and Dallas. And then you look at the Sooners and, and their first taste of the SEC. How about home? Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Texas. Alabama and Tennessee were top five teams last year. And you get them in Norman... Um, you got to feel happy about that. Yeah, and then you got to go on the road and play at Auburn, at LSU. That's not a fun place to play. Um, Missouri and Old Miss. Yeah, so, hey, best of luck to those two. We don't wish them luck this year, uh, although we do like Steve Sarkeesian, head yeah. coach of Texas. Yeah. But as they go to the SEC, more power to them. Yeah. Uh, they're there, and BYU's in the Big 12 because they're there. And now let's let's see see how it all plays out. The XFL had the rookie draft over the weekend. A couple of Cougars are going to get paid to play football, and isn't that the dream of every Division one athlete? Hey, you're getting paid, and it's not the NFL. But, hey, you're getting paid. I heard today, or you know, you know what? It was yesterday. I was talking to Lorenzo. And, by the way, XFL rookie draft, Peyton Wilgar, uh, linebacker Peyton Wilgar, picked up by the Seattle Sea Dragons. Okay. Don't know what a Sea Dragon is. I know what a Sea Horse is. Right up there with the Kraken. But they're just little, but it's a Sea <laughs> Dragon. Um, and, hey, I was just in Croatia, so, you know, I saw some dragons. Yeah, that's that's where in, they live. In, in Dubrovnik. That's how you say it, by the way. Um, uh, and then Lorenzo Fautea. Um, defensive lineman was drafted by the Vegas Vipers, and I, I ran into Lorenzo yesterday working out and uh, uh, trying to get my my sea legs back. What am I trying to get back? Uh, well, you had a long flight, so yeah, you're trying to get I, those I legs up, back. I had the longest Father's Day of anybody because I was chasing time coming from Croatia back to here, so my Father's Day was 30 hours long. I hope it was full of gifts. It was so wonderful. But Lorenzo told me that Neil's back in Boston playing in the Arena League. Neil Powell. We've got a few Cougars out yeah, there. Yeah, so there's some guys out there making some money doing some Good things. Good for them. 
So, uh, hey, it's a league that pays, and, and congratulations to Peyton and Lorenzo. Former Cougar up. Mike Leach, remember he graduated from BYU. Right. Uh, he's going into the Texas Tech Hall of Fame on September 29th, posthumously, as he passed away last December of a heart attack. Coached the Red Raiders from 2000 to 2009, won 84 games. A 1983 graduate from BYU in American Studies, uh, his offense changed the game. And now, as you look around college football, and even in the NFL, everyone's looking for the spread. Right. They're looking to pass, pass, pass and run only when you have to and all of that goes back to mike leach yep Ab- absolutely um and congratulations uh, to to mike's family it, it's such a cool thing think about like 81 82 that time frame 82 especially yeah so in 82 mike's out there working with quarterbacks volunteer working with lavelle and learning what he can um you also got mike holmgren and andy reed working with us during the- mike holmgren andy reed and mike leach working with quarterbacks did we really have any talent, or were we just great coaches? That's the right place yeah. to be at school. Uh, also in the Texas Tech Hall of Fame, Lloyd Hill, Keanu Hill's father. Lloyd's going to be here in Provo on our game yeah. day set when the Red Raiders come to Provo on October 21st. Speaking of coming to Provo, yes. a few minutes ago, four-star guard Delaney Gibb announced her commitment to Amber Whiting's basketball program at BYU, choosing the Cougars over just about everybody. A 5'10 superstar from Raymond, Alberta, heralded as among the best young Canadian players in the country. ESPN ranks her number 48 among the top 100. She's number two in all of Canada for her age group. I've seen her play. She's got a gift for the game. She'll play her senior year in Canada and join the Cougars for year two in the Big 12. And Delaney joins us live from Alberta at her big announcement party. And there she is. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Way to go. Way to make a great choice, Delaney. Congratulations. <laughs> we're, we're a little biased, but we think you made a great choice. T- tell us why you chose BYU. Um... Honestly, I went on visits basically everywhere and BYU just felt like home to me. Um, I have cousins and grandparents that went to BYU. um, And really, I just felt comfortable there and felt like it's somewhere where I can be great. You are familiar with Provo. You played your freshman year at Timfew just down the road from us, even though we call our show at an undisclosed location. Yeah, but uh, he keeps giving it away, Delaney. Like, people are going to start coming here because he's giving away our site. But, look, as a freshman, your first team All-State, is that when you thought to yourself, hey, you know what, I'm going places with basketball? Honestly, yeah, for sure. Um, when I was younger, I just played to have fun. Like, I just really enjoyed playing basketball. But I think that um, that year, my freshman year, and then leading into, like, spring ball and AAU was – when I really like decided like this is what I want to do like I want to be really good and things kind of just took off from there you know in in one season uh, at the helm Amber Whiting pulled together the highest recruiting class in program history this last year's recruiting class remarkable you're the headliner now for the second class for her second class coming in for this 24-25 season what did you see in Amber Whiting and her staff that can help her uh, and help you further develop your game? Um, I really love Amber. Um, I think she's a great coach and she's super hardworking and she pushes every athlete to do the same. Um, And yeah, I think she's doing something special. Um, She's uh, changing the program, getting great recruits to come. And so, yeah, I'm just super excited. 
Tell us about your game. What is it about Delaney Gibb that has her among the most sought-after Canadian basketball players in the entire country? Um, honestly, I'm a point guard, but I can score the ball really well. So I think that's what kind of puts me apart from other athletes. Um, yeah. So, so Delaney, are we, when you say you can score, are you a triple threat? Can you put it on the floor and, and take it to the rack? Can Do you have a mid-range game? Can you step back and net, knock down threes or or just at all of it? Can you do all of that? Yeah, I I would say I can pretty much do it all. I think I definitely have the best, like I would say I'm the better, how do I want to say this? Like I shoot the three the most. So I shoot the three from deep, um, which allows me to then attack, you know, because defenders have to come up on me and then gives me space to attack and create from there. Well, I watched you play when you came down and beat my niece over there at American Fork, and uh, you uh, you have a fun game. Uh, Delaney Gibbs on the Wise Guys. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com around the world. Tonight, earlier in the hour, she announced her commitment to come play basketball at, at BYU. What do you think of competing in the Big 12? I'm super excited. Um, I think to be in a Power 5 conference um, and to be – one of the first years, not the first, but one of the first years coming in as a freshman to be able to play in this conference. Um, I'm excited to really make a mark and prove ourselves. Hey, how happy are your folks, Alan and Tanya, um, about you coming to BYU? Were they happy with that decision? And how much of a role did they play in helping you make that decision? Yeah, they're they're both super happy. Um, I They definitely had an impact, but I think the choice was mine. So they were just there more for support. Well, your dad's been your coach, right? Yeah. For, for all of your high school career. Is he a good coach? Is he nice to, does he say shoot whenever you want? Or what, how does he, how does he mold your game? Um, he's a bit of a yeller. So <laughs> <laughs> he might um, get into it a little bit, but yeah, he's been, he's been really great. He's been super supportive of me and um, yeah, I mean, I shoot the ball a lot, and he's okay with it. So. That's a nice so, dad. So when when do you have the green light? Is he like, um, and I don't know, are you old enough to remember when Jimmer Fredette was playing on the men's team here at BYU? Are you familiar with Jimmer at all? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Jimmer used to tell us he had the green light when he got off the bus. He's allowed to shoot <laughs> from the minute he got off the bus. Um, wh where was your dad comfortable with giving the green light? Like just as soon as you cross half court, yep, whatever you want to do, Delaney, is that the way it goes? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. A lot of us are told not to shoot ever. But yeah, to, I, I tell Dave to stick to free throws and layups, <laughs> but, but that's... Hey, what is your basketball plan for the next 12 months before you get here? So I'm hoping to be on the U19 Canadian national team, uh, where we'll be in Spain this July for the FIBA World Cup. Um, and then after that... I plan on playing high school in Raymond again, uh, trying to go for provincial champ number three. Nice. Um, and then after that, just getting ready to be a Coug. So what about representing your country at the Olympics? Is that something you want to do in 2028? Is that a goal that you have down the road? And yeah, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. what was that you cut out of there? Oh, yeah. I, 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 we so how, how? why is that so important to you, to, to be on that 2028 Olympic team? 
Um, for me, I just think that representing my country is one of the coolest experiences ever. Um, and not only my country, but I get to represent Raymond as a town and Alberta as a province. And so um, it just brings me like a lot of pride to be able to do that. Well, Delaney, I've been uh, your Aunt Sharon's home teacher since 2012. So the whole neighborhood really? is uh, is celebrating your decision to come to Provo. Nice job. Thank you. We're proud of you. We look forward to getting to know you and following your career here. And now, of course, we feel like we are we're tied to the Raymond Alberta High School basketball program yeah, for the have next to watch it season. Closely. And when you're when you're down here, um, we'll get you when you're down here officially a Cougar. We'll get you on the show. Only you can come in studio with us and do it right. Okay. Delaney Gibb, congratulations on your commitment to BYU. We'll see you soon. Have a wonderful time over the summer in Spain. Represent Now you represent BYU wherever you go. Remember that. Now yeah. you now it's a little bit more than than the, than your high school, but uh, hey, it's a pleasure to have you with us and and go enjoy the rest of the night. We'll see you soon. Yep, and keep keep grinding so and keep working. Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, That's Delaney, Delaney Gibb and I had a visit with her dad today and they're just so stoked. Uh, the parents didn't go to BYU, but so many of the Gibb family have. Right. Grandparents, uncles, aunts, uh, cousins, and um, and it was a tough get. You know, she was she was a highly sought after player, and and and, and you go on uh, you go, you go onto YouTube, you see Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Gonzaga, Utah went heavy, heavy after her. BYU was in the mix all along, and. And in the end, BYU wins. Delaney Gibb. And these, I mean, when you look at um, what Amber is assembling, I mean, so so Amari is, you know, she's sim similar skill set too, right? So Amari's 5'10", 5 5 yeah. great handle, you know, of hand, ball handler, great shooter. She's a slasher, can attack, and and now. You put Delaney out on the court, and you side got by Jenna Sai who right. transfers from Oregon, who's a four star. Sa same kind of, you know, lot of long, athletic, really, really skilled athletes that 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 can play and can compete in that league. It's going to be fun. They're going to be young this year and next year, but young and young, young and, and talented. Good yeah, young. There's a difference between young and we got to develop. And, and yeah, we're we're really young. But we're really talented. That's a yeah. different story. So and, it's, it's going to be fun to and watch. The crowd this will come. She gets to play at the Marriott Center, and uh, and and every game's on TV now yep. as member of the Big Twelve, and and uh, that's cool. Plus, it's a wise guy's first. That's we've right. Had, uh, we got to we got to break a story. We in, commit. In, you had a little inside because of your home teaching assignment. Um, <laughs> I, I wished it so, was that, but no, it wasn't that. But we. Uh, it's been fun to watch. You just mentioned it. What what Amber Whiting is building. Uh, and building so quickly, um, and and to get and we had her. We've had Lauren Gustin here on the show to get Gustin back. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, remember that's that, the that nation's his, leading rebounder. That was as big a recruiting coup as anything. Yeah. To get because Lauren Gustin and we talked to Amber and Amari about Lauren, and they're just like she she's a game changer inside. She she's she's gonna go get every rebound. Yeah. And she's capable. She was the nation's leading rebounder. She's capable of doing that in the Big Twelve. She's that good. And when, when you're when you're getting offensive putbacks and doing all you know all of that, that's that that's a big impact. And her presence inside has a big impact on how you know these great athletes on the outside are going to be able to roam. So let's do the math here. So Delaney gets here in twenty four, twenty five. Right. You got twenty five, twenty six, twenty six, twenty seven. She's together with Amari during that whole time. And uh, and the Olympics are twenty eight. Right. 
Um, wouldn't that be cool? She's she finishes up her senior year or before it. Maybe it's even before it. Might, it, be, it might be the summer of her senior season. That competing she's competing for the, the medal, and and Cougar fans are going to go nuts. It'll be fun. Like Jimmer Mania, uh, if Jimmer gets over to the three on three next year, we'll have Delaney Mania at oh, some and, point. And, and she's going to be she's going to be a fan <laughs> favorite. You see that big smile? Oh yeah, on Delaney. She's going to be great down here. At so BYU. She's so excited to be a, a Coug. That's great. Um, a couple other notes on campus. Speaking of athletes that have come and been spectacular, Alicia May Mateo, she's going to compete in the U.S. Women's Open July 6th through the 9th over at Pebble Beach. Five-year starter at BYU. She graduated from the Marriott School of Business with a Master of Accountancy degree, and she's going to be among the field of 150 at the U.S. Open. And Carrie Roberts, the head yeah. coach, will be on the bag. How about the how about her caddy is going to be Carrie? <laughs> that That's cool? a great caddy to have. And yeah, congrats, congratulations! Uh, what a great senior year um, for Alicia, and, and uh, an opportunity to play amongst you know 150 of the be- uh, best players yeah. in the world, really. And you get on TV, and you're and you're at Pebble Beach. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Have you have you played Pebble? No, just seen it on TV. But Carrie Roberts said that's her favorite course of yeah. Of when everywhere. we were asking Carrie, she said Pebble was number one. Yeah. I I just said that when you just go play it as a normal human being, it's too slow because there's so many people playing it. That doesn't diminish what a phenomenal golf course it is. It it, it is an amazing golf course. We need to go. I need to take you over. And go you play. really do. So baseball news, postseason awards keep coming for Austin Deming. Every week we announce a new award. The senior third baseman has been named third team All American by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. The top twenty collegiate players in the country in that group, and uh, that's fantastic for uh, for Austin Deming. Th- this uh, next little bit's going to go with women's volleyball. Let's talk about Michael Rucker for a second. Yeah, Michael Rucker, um, uh, who's been on the show with us, right? The lone cougar. Of course in, he in, has, yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? One of my favorite stories in the in this first year of the show was Michael talking to us about being pulled out of the bullpen just in time to pitch to Aaron Judge with the bases loaded. At Yankee Stadium. At Yankee That's awesome. If you haven't heard that, <laughs> you need to go back go back to the website, ysguys.com, find the Michael Rucker interview, and just listen. If nothing else, go listen to his mindset, what he was telling himself, his strategy, and, and what he did uh, when he faced out of the bullpen Aaron Judge in Yankee Stadium, bases loaded. Yeah. And I think it was the ninth inning. Yeah, ysguys.com, you can find that. Yeah, go, go find that. But anyhow, Michael... Um, the lone Cougar right now in the major leagues uh, retired all six batters he faced last night as the Cubs beat Pittsburgh for their eighth win in ten games. Uh, they're charging up the standings in the National League so Central. Was, That's your team. I'm watching the game, and he gets he strikes out the last guy to end the game, and I send him a text going, hey, fantastic, six up, six down. Uh, it's fun to see the team winning. Five minutes later, he texts back, oh, it's so much fun to win. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, did you just go right to your locker, pick up your phone, and start texting everybody? Isn't that crazy? And it's, the world's that small. Um, but Michael Rucker is pitching well, and the Cubs are playing good, and he's happy. And, and that, makes, that makes us happy. Yeah. Women's volleyball, Kate Pryor and Aaron Livingston, been named to the USA Volleyball Collegiate National Team. BYU head coach Heather Olmstead, an assistant coach to that group. That is the group, 20 of the top collegiate players in the country, and they get to train alongside the USA Women's National Team. They're doing that this week in yeah. Anaheim. Yeah, that's, they don't get to go cool play stuff. games or whatever, but you get... You get a week of one. You get to be named to the team, which is cool, and then you get to practice against the uh, against the best, and um, and and be around Coach Karai and and all that experience this week. Yeah, that's great stuff. That's really cool. And and Heather, 
she's always representing uh, you know you know BYU could consider one of the best uh, volleyball coaches in the game which is really cool so hey we want to remind you about movie night yeah um, and are you are you gonna go to this one this week I might yeah it, it, it's pretty cool I might take the grandkids if, if, if I will have to figure it out but um, it's this Friday night. 9 p.m. at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium. On that Stadium. gigantic multi-million dollar jumbotron, which got great, great uh, clarity. I don't know how many pixels it is, but it looks great up there. Remember the Titans. And and how many of our guests um, in this first year of the show have said remember the Titans? Is there quite a few? Quite a few guests quite have that as their, as their number one. Admission is free. Concession stands um, are going to be open. So you can go get some. I'm sure they're going to nachos and drinks. Nachos, pop, popcorn. I That's not some, free. Yeah. Maybe a cougar tail. Yeah. Bring, bring the kids. Um, bring a blanket. Stretch out on the field and watch the show. Sounds like a pretty cool Friday night thing to do with your kids and create some memories in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I might go out on the balcony with the binoculars and watch the show because I can see that screen from the, the house. The one thing I'm still doing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium to do family memories um, is killing me. Yeah, you, um, you got to find a new memory. Yeah, no, because a new memory with, maker. Yeah, because you know what it is. Every year, um, the week before the opener, Gavin, our son that coaches on the coaching staff at, at BYU, coaches the safeties and works with Jay Hill. He feels like we need to go touch every step in the stadium. So we run. I kind of run slash jog slash walk. <laughs> um, Gavin runs the whole thing, and we go up and He's down young. every single stair. In that stadium, the week of of the of the opener. Um, well, th- now now maybe you should replace it with bringing a blanket and laying it down on the field See, and watching be, a movie. To me, that would be a better memory because I hurt for like a yeah, week after. You won't hurt after this. Although I was thinking maybe we should have some type of a contest where people get to come because you can't just go in and run the stadium, right? No, you got to have some friends. But you over. can't just go in and watch the movie. Yeah, you can do that. But maybe we should have a contest as we get closer to that to give people the right to come run those steps with us. You think anybody would actually want to do that? I think they would sign up. Are there crazy people <laughs> that come come run the step every step, touch yeah. every step Let's in the stadium with that. Gavin and I? We'll think about Let's that. Let's think about that. Let us know if you'd if you'd want to do that with us. Here's something else that's unique. Sunday night is a devotional at the Marriott Center at six o'clock, live on BYU TV. The speakers, Coach Kalani Sataki, defensive end Tyler Batty, Chase Roberts, receiver Olivia Katoa, and Whitney Bauer. That's cool. That's the lineup for a devotional on BYU TV Sunday night at the Marriott Center, 6 o'clock. So be, either be at the Marriott Center and, and catch it live, or if you can't watch it on BYU TV at 6 o'clock on Sunday night, Mountain I'd like time. to see them do that more often. That's how Mountain time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Lots of good stuff this weekend. Remember the Titans Friday night, a great devotional Sunday night in the Marriott Center. So, And then a week from Saturday, we're in the Big 12. Yeah, and come to the Fan Fest from three, the fan fest. from 3 to 6 on the Student Athlete Building, the SAB Fields. And if you can't come to the Fan Fest, watch BYU TV because yep. we'll, we'll be live from 3, three to 5, three to five Mountain, Mountain Time. time. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover it live for you. We'll talk about all things Big 12, and we'll, we'll cover it all for you. So. Let's wrap things up with on this day, June 20th. And you might be surprised that there are some days uh, where lots of things went down, and there are other days where nothing goes down. This is a day... Where there was a lot going down. Big stuff. Over, over history. And yeah. we're going to tackle it for just a couple minutes. 1782. Let's go all the way back to 1782. Okay. Congress approves the great seal of the United States with the bald eagle as its symbol. That happened today. Yeah. This so, day in And that's when the bald eagle became, you know, the national bird. Right. June 20th was a big day. On this day in 1840, Samuel Morris patents the telegraph. Where would we be without that? 
Was he the Morse code guy? Yeah. yeah. And then what did it, what did it morph into? You know? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Now we got these things. We got these things. Can't get away from anybody at this point. No. In 1863 on this day, West Virginia became the 35th state admitted to the union. Um, hey, and let's not forget BYU's at West Virginia on November 4th this fall. That's right. That's a big and we've been game. there before, but we didn't we didn't get to go to campus because remember that last time BYU played back there, it was a so-called neutral site field. They played in, was it RFK State? I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but yeah. that was fun. That's where, you that met, was fun. that's where you and I met Brad Paisley's dad. Yeah, and I texted him, uh, happy Father's Day, and he texted right back. That's awesome. Um, they're big West Virginia fans. Maybe we'll see them. Hopefully we'll get to see them when we're back there. I hope when West Virginia comes here, Brad Paisley comes and plays in national. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we'll take see. We if know they, some guys. If they come out, we know some guys that can get them some good seats. And I on think the, they probably know some guys too. <laughs> on this day in 1867, Andrew Johnson, the president, announces the purchase of Alaska from Russia for $7.2 million, 600,000 square miles for less than two cents an acre. By today's standard, it would cost about $151 million. So $151 million. They didn't know about the gold or oil, did they? They I, didn't they know not. about the gold or oil or they wouldn't have sold it. Hey, you know, in 1863, I don't know what technology was like, but there was there was oil under those but, rocks. But that gold and that oil was there in Alaska. So, so, so that's how we got Alaska yeah. today. How about 1963? The United States and Russia agree to set up a hotline. A hotline. So remember, things were kind of tense back then. Right. And it's like, so they said, you know what, it's... Let's set up. It's like a bully line or whatever. Let's a hotline where we pick it up and you pick it up. No one else can pick it up because no one else matters. Right. We're just going to talk to each other. We can yell at each other. I'm going to shoot those. No, right. you're not. Was 63 when the Cuban Missile Crisis was going right around that area? Right around that, right time. that time. Well, J- uh, that, yeah, that was JFK. Yeah, the hotline was set up today. Right before that. Yeah. They, that. I wonder what they have now. They just go online, talk to each other. Bat phone. Zoom. They have the bat phone. The bat phone. <laughs> 1966 on this day, Billy Casper yes. erases a seven-shot deficit on the final nine holes of the U.S. Open to force a next-day playoff against the legendary Arnold Palmer, and Casper beat him on the extra day by four shots to win the Open. Billy Casper, one of the greatest golfers in the history of the game and one of the greatest human beings I've ever known. Yep. Yeah. We, we, and and I, I run into Billy's wife once in a while. I mean, I... Billy Casper, I love Billy Casper. One of the all-time greats, but more importantly, one of the greatest people I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So, how about 1975? Jaws is released in U.S. theaters. Yeah, I don't love this day because of that. Because my, of my dad and my uncle Stan, we went to, to see Jaws. Two grown men and me. I was 10. And um, it was just me and the shark. And you know what? I didn't have a good experience. <laughs> and when Jaws is on TV, you know what I do? I just keep going. You don't even stop? I don't stop? even stop. I yeah. don't need that. It's intense. I was, I was mortified. But when you go back and watch it now, it's like, hey, for the day, the special effects were good. But Yeah. It's all the music. The it's standards. the suspense created by the music of like, well, what if that was me out there swimming? I don't yeah. know what's going on down there. You can't see under the well, water. What was the that ocean. movie? That came, was it The Meg? The Megalodon. I didn't see that either. I, yeah. any, you know what? any Shark Tack movie takes me I back to Jaws. I usually like don't like to pick people apart on this, but I would say don't go see the Meg. I wasn't even 10. I was 8 as I'm don't looking at this. Don't go see the Meg. So, How about 1993? Okay. I was watching this. Yeah. The Bulls beat Danny Ainge, Charles Barkley, and the Suns to become the first NBA team to three-peat in over three decades. Michael Jordan earns MVP honors for the third straight year. There's a lot of threes in that. Yeah. Uh, Jordan was uh, was and is the best. 
It's just, yeah, there's no, there's, just I, I can't remember that stat we were reading a couple weeks ago. You and I were talking about it where um, he's the only player in the history to win the defensive player of the year or be all, def, all, all defensive first team, the MVP of the regular season and the, and the playoff MVP and the scoring leader in the same year. And he's the only one to ever do that, whatever that is. And he did it multiple times. Yeah. He was the best. Like just, let's just stop with anybody else, okay? And then, I, and then I heard he's selling the Bobcats for making like billions of dollars from yeah. his initial investment. Yep. Nice job. Birthdays on this day, June 20th. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, 1942. Wouldn't it be nice to... Yeah, there you yeah. go. Brian and how about Wilson. this next one? Yeah, 1949, Lionel Richie. You know, what's your favorite Lionel Richie song? Mm. I like all night long. You're like all night long. Yeah, I just that just has a cool beat. All night. But he's got a bunch of oh, them. Oh, I'm trying to think my favorite. And he, you know, he's in there with the Commodores too. Back back earlier before Did he, he went solo. Still, I will love you. Still, I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know. He's but, got uh, he's got so many. But in 1967, on this day, Nicole Kidman, Keith Urban's wife, was uh, and we're big Keith Urban fans, so that's Keith Urban's wife. If we are Nicole Kidman fans, we would say that is. Um, Nicole Kidman is married to Keith Urban. It wouldn't, he, Keith Urban wouldn't be the headlining part. Right. But we really like Keith Urban. Right. And so he happens to be the spouse of Nicole Kidman, who's having a birthday today. And you and I had a blast at the Keith Urban yeah, concert. Yeah, he's the best. So, and, and who's your, we got to give a nod to your, your buddy that wrote a bunch of Keith Urban songs. Oh, yeah, Monty Powell. Yeah. Because he's the Powell. one that got us those phenomenal tickets at that yes, show in did. Vegas. Yes, he did. So a little shout out to Monty because that was that's cool. And he wrote he wrote some of Keith Urban's best songs. I, I like Nicole Kidman too. Yeah, she's she got a different look, but I like it. She's like tall. She seems nice. She's tall. She seems nice. You know, she got that tall, pasty white look. Yeah, which is different. So she's taller than Keith Urban. And, and he doesn't she's even act, mind. She's she's a, a really good actress. So yeah. she's been in some good stuff. So um, we like them both. Okay, nineteen seventy nine. Kale Sanderson, wrestler who was born in Provo. He's a four-time Big 12 and NCAA champion at Iowa State. Um, Olympic gold medalist in 2004 in Athens, Greece. He's the current wrestling coach at Penn State. 1979, June 20th. That's his birthday. Happy birthday. Kale Sanderson, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time Mm -hmm. from right here in Utah. A couple of notable... Did he go, he go to Wasatch? I think he went to Wasatch. Well, yeah, he went to Wasatch. Yeah, Wasatch's got a, quite a wrestling program. The Wasatch uh, Wasps. Yeah, yeah. Up there. Is it right? The Wasp, right? Yeah, I think the... the Wasatch one? Who's the bees? Are. That's the box elders, the bees. Box elders, bees. And, and, and Wasatch is the wasps. Juab is the... I thought Juab's the wasp. What's Wasatch? I thought they were the wasps. Anyway, Wasatch High School. Wasatch High School. Very good wrestling program to this day. So, A couple of notable deaths on this day... 1947, Bugsy Siegel put Vegas on the map for the other reasons that the uh, Mormon pioneers put Vegas on the map. Right. So two groups put them on the map. (laughs) All the bad stuff came from Bugsy. Vegas is more Bugsy today than anything else. And so remember when Vegas had that experience when they were going to try to be a family town? Yeah, they nearly went bankrupt. Yeah, it didn't work very well. It didn't work for them. That's not their thing. Yeah, their thing is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That That's that's more <laughs> they, their thing. They go, hey, family, together this time, let's scrap that with, no one will know what you did here. That's right. And so there they are. Yep. Now they have so. everything, including Formula One. I don't know if Bugsy Siegel envisioned Formula One rolling down the Las Vegas Strip, but it's coming this fall. Yeah. Uh, how about this next one? Yeah. Um, Leroy Neiman. Remember that he did all those... 
I think his most famous paintings are of Muhammad Ali, yeah. right? But, but any uh, sports thing any that was sports going on. Any sports image that was big, Leroy did. Neiman did that. And um, Leroy Neiman, 2012, passed away. So, right, wise guys. Hey, I, I'm going to go back to the chat here just for once. So, Leif Arrhenius says, that's my cousin. Is he talking about... Um, Delaney Gibb? Delaney? It, maybe is. That's when and it you popped know, Le- up. Um, the whole Arrhenius family, like phenomenal track and field athletes, disc and shot and all of that. First well, of all, I, I think that's, yeah. It would make sense because Delaney's. If she's a, related to the Arrhenius family, she's got some serious athletes in the track and field. You know, and of course the great Anders Arrhenius, who's a great coach and, and technician and a great shot putter and discus thrower in his own right. So, good friend. Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week comes from Charles Barkley. And if you listen closely as as Blaine reads this, there's a lesson there's in there some stuff somewhere. In here. There's some stuff in here. Yeah, we you got to peel back the a few layers. We might have to help folks with it because <laughs> it is it is Chuck. So, um, these are my shoes. They're good shoes. They won't make you rich like me. They won't make you rebound like me. They definitely won't make you handsome like me. They'll only make you have shoes like me. That's it. That's that's a guy who doesn't want remember, to be a role model. Remember, used to model. say, "I'm not a role model." Yeah. Like these shoes will not do any of that. <laughs> but they'll make you have shoes like me, and that's it. So our wise guy's translation of that is: uh, you can't buy happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of how you live your life. You can't buy Charles shoes and be Charles. Right. Although many of us tried to be like Mike when we bought Air Jordans. Yeah, I have I have Air I have brand new Air Jordans to this day. Yeah. But I'm still not like Mike. No. No, no one's like Mike. So, and no one's like Charles. Charles has a free pass to say whatever is can, on his mind. He can say whatever he wants it's, and nobody ever gets like, upset. That's Charles. It's like yeah. there's only a few people that ever get it that kind of It must be nice access. to have that. Yeah. To be able to do that, right? Yeah. Say, says whatever he wants. <laughs> so. It's like, and you know what? A lot of his stuff's right on the money, too. It is. It is. So, he, he, fight, he, he goes right through yeah. a lot of the smoke and says, yep. here's what's going on. So... Hey, For- Forrest Gump uh, uh, out here asks us, how many days to Sam Houston? Calling from Houston. He's from Houston. Wants to know how many days till Sam Houston. September 2. Yeah, September 2nd it's coming. So that's 2 plus 31 is 33 plus 11, what, 10? Yeah. 43 days. That's yep. what we're coming up so, with on the fly. And Linda Murray, we'll end with Linda Murray saying she loves Charles Barkley quotes. We had a great show tonight. Thank Harvey Unga for being here in studio. We thank Delaney Gibb for letting us participate with her on her big night up in Canada, announcing that she's going to play basketball at at BYU. She's the the number two player in the country of Canada coming to Provo. Yep, and and going to play on the U19 national team and has her eyes set on playing the Olympics, representing Canada in 2020. This is a different kind of player that that BYU just got. And... um, and, and it's going to fit into a team of different kind of players that, that Amber Whiting has recruited. And, um, man, the marquee sports going into the Big 12 are always football. That's where the money is. Men's basketball, that's where it's the toughest league in the country. Uh, but BYU and all these other sports are putting together teams that can go compete and win right away in yep. the Big 12. And basketball may take a couple of years. As Texas is defending national champion on the women's side, they're good. They're, they're one more year. But they leave. Yep. Oklahoma leaves. And it and the Cougs can pounce right up there and go, hey, you know what? We're in the upper echelon. This is where we plan to pretty, stay. Pretty fun stuff. But you know what? We go back to the thing we started with. For BYU to be competitive at the Big 12 moving forward, um, they got it. And we've heard every head coach say it. Got to get the best LDS talent here. And in the last week, 
They get the the tight end from Laguna Beach. Yep. Four star. Turned down Texas and and uh, who was it? Georgia or somebody. And and then Delaney tonight, who turned down just about everybody. everybody. And um, uh, the the tight end, his name skips me, so I'm going to go right back to it. Um, Reiner's his first name, but the, the tight end's going to go on his mission. Reiner Swanson, apologize for that. He's going to go on his mission um, and then and then be back. But um, man, that's what you got to get. Yep. Right. You got to get it, and and BYU's starting to get it. I, I would be thrilled if I was well, a head and, coach. And they're doing a great job of creating a culture where where they can get the top LDS athletes, and then they get they augment that with great character kids that that are not LDS. That come on campus. Like Aiden Robbins. And Aiden, remember what Aiden said? Harvey said, Aiden just, Aiden got recruited by all the big time. He's a thousand yard rusher last year. He's 6'3, 230. Yeah. And and what did Harvey say the deciding factor was? He, he loved he the culture. The he loved the room that he was in. He loved the guys that BYU's assembled. And so they've got to do both of those things to be competitive in the Big 12. They've got, to, they've got to corner the market on the top LDS athletes. Then they need to go out and find kids who value the culture and will feel like they fit in and will go out and play hard and represent. And they can do this. And with football, if you have a portal to the NFL, yep, that trumps the college football NIL Yeah, hey, portal. we'll give you this. Well, you know what? Our guys go play in the NFL and get drafted. And, and we want that. Yeah, we'll give, you, back, a, we'll give you what you need here. Got back I, to, I want that. Back-to-back back running backs and back-to-back back quarterbacks now drafted. And, and think about you know, Dax Milne and then uh, fast-forward a year and you got Puka Nakua yep. at the receiver spot. And then you've got uh, Brady Christensen on the line. Yep. And now you've got Blake Freeland on yep. the line. Back-to-back back offensive tackles. And, and it's like, that's yep. the portal that's everyone wants. Want. That's what you want. So, Hey, the podcast will be up tomorrow. Share it with your friends. Please go to uh, our YouTube just, just uh, search Wise Guys and subscribe for free. That'll yep. help us build the show. And yep. this show's going places, and especially after nights like this. This was a good one. Great night. And hey, next week, I'm pumped. Sherry Dew's in, in the house. Sherry Dew. And if you don't know who Sherry Dew is, your assignment between now and then Do a is to go to Google and Google just Sherry, Google Dew, Sherry and Dew. And then just go, oh, she does yeah, a lot. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. And she's, uh, she's uh, one of the most enthusiastic BYU fans we've ever met. She'll be sitting right there yep. uh, and taking your questions, too. So uh, we, we, we love this show and, and the guests that come on have a good time and we have a good time. We hope you have a good time and uh, look for that podcast tomorrow. Blaine yep. Fowler, Dave McCann, the wise guys have an outstanding week. And when we see you next week, we'll be all that much closer to joining the Big 12. We'll be there, and we'll see you next Tuesday.